Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the AT and WB podcast. I am your host, Booker Taylor, and I am joined here, not always, for this specific episode, for this Batman episode with Benny <laughs> Benny Brezeno. How are you, Benny? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Chris. You're welcome. Now, Benny on on the block. Benny on the block is known as the as the, as a as a big Batman fan. Um, and I want to emphasize that I think we're we're always lovers, not experts. Um, I think that's an important thing to put out there. So in case we get anything wrong, um, in case I say like Grant Morrison wrote like Red Sun or something, which is clearly wrong, um, know that again we're we're lovers of the of the stuff, not necessarily hardcore experts. Right. Uh, it would be interesting to teach a class on this stuff, though, but I don't know what sort of uh, certifications or degrees you would need to <laughs> do that. I'm sure there's uh, a Batman 300 class, Batman 301, Batman 302, you know, and there's a whole like there's a whole like Snyder subset that you can take if you wanted to. <laughs> arts college. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start back on. uh the, your origins, uh, your origin story with Batman. What got you into Batman? I know, I mean, um, I think we're both products of the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I know Batman towards the end of the 80s through Tim Burton and then through the animated series, the Bruce Tim verse. Um, both of those were very powerful in our lives. Uh, but I, w- I want to hear it from you. So go, go ahead. Uh, I think my love for Batman, of course, begins with the movie uh, Batman, directed by Tim Burton, starring uh, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. In that order, technically, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jack Nicholson received uh, top billing, uh, which I uh, (laughs) always find uh, kind of funny. Arnold Schwarzenegger also received top billing over george clooney for batman and robin yeah uh and uh, i think george clooney at the time in 1997 wasn't necessarily a bona fide movie star just yet he had done from dust till dawn and probably a handful of other roles but i don't know yeah i mean i feel like i mean i love george clooney i think he's great but i don't like i don't know if he he was able to hold the oceans movies really well on his own um but that I don't know. It came a few years later, too. Say it again. That came a few years after his. Batman. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know if he's that good at holding his own franchise personally. Besides the Ocean's movies, and um, maybe there's other films I'm not thinking of. But overall, again, I love George Clooney. Um, I don't know if he can hold his own um, besides <laughs> besides playing uh, Danny Ocean. <laughs> is that is that is that the character's name, Daddy Ocean, or is that that? And he had the he had a huge a lot of help from uh, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon in those movies. I mean, that's, that's very true. More of an ensemble cast, so he's arguably not carrying that movie either. Brad Pitt show. always yeah. eating. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was pointed out to me, and I was like, really? Yeah, he um, does in a Fight Club too. He does in a lot of movies, of course. Some loose. Um, but back to uh, Batman 89, uh, I think a lot of my <clears throat> love for Batman is rooted in my love for Jack Nicholson uh, because um, 
I think Jack Nicholson portrayal as the Joker was my, the first time I felt, I was very young, but I remember it was a very strong feeling I had uh, where you had an actor perfectly cast as a role, uh, in a role. And um, Jack Nicholson playing the Joker, I really believed that he was the Joker. Yeah. Uh, I'm just being very, very young. And um, uh, also just the whole look of that particular uh, Batman franchise and it's, uh, you know, Tim Burton's vision. It's, it's beautiful. Those, those two movies are so cool looking. The, especially Batman Returns, like the Christmas nature of that second film is really cool. And everything just feels very like lived in. And I really love that version of Gotham City. Yeah, I think Michael Keaton has the two uh, best bat suits uh, we've seen on film. And he has the best look for Batman, in my opinion. Um, well, what, about, what about the new Matt Reeves um suit uh, what do you think of that uh i matt the new matt reeve suit is supposedly heavily inspired by uh lee bermejo's batman okay uh, and that has a lot of like tactical uh sensibilities to the outfit buckles and uh uh his batman also has like baggy pants and it's like uh, a look designed for urban warfare. And yeah. That's Lee Bermejo's Batman. And I guess this new Matt Reeves with Robert Pattinson, who I think is going to be awesome. I think he's a really great choice. He's got such a good bat chin and like bat lips. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I'd, arg- I'd argue the best bat lips before him was Val Kilmer. <laughs> yes. I agree with you on that. I, you know, it's a toss-up between Val Kilmer and uh, Michael Keaton, though. Michael Keaton has some great bat lips, but I think he's known more for his eyes and uh, his eyebrows. Yeah, he's got really good eyebrows. <laughs> but those pursed lips that Keaton can do is really great. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Robert, or, yeah, Robert Pattinson's going to be uh, great. And I kind of do, as a fan of... Uh, Batman on film I am happy that they're sort of doing a making a return to a darker grittier uh Batman they explored it with Christian Bale of course his portrayal but I I really felt like I I mean correct me if I'm wrong you still haven't seen the Batman versus Superman I haven't I haven't Uh, seen I've seen Man of Steel which I enjoy um I don't like that Batman kills uh uh, Zod at the end, I, like snaps his neck. I think that's not uh, yeah. appropriate. <laughs> and I, think I, th- I just saw a headline. Sorry if this is a spoiler, but I think Zod's actually going to make a comeback in, uh, in the Flash. Yeah, Andy Muschietti's the Flash. I I read those rumors. So the the rumor is that like basically Andy Muschietti's Flash is going to like like be a soft reboot, and I don't want to say erase, but um kind of uh goes a different direction than what like man of steel did like they're gonna like like zod's gonna be like captured instead of his Mm. neck being snapped i mean this is all rumors who knows Mm -hmm. and so like the events of batman versus superman and then the events of Zack snyder's justice league don't happen i mean i do need to sit down and watch Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition, and then Zack Snyder's Justice League and just 
just waste 10 hour 10 hours of my life watching through that all of that because i'm sure it's great i'm sure it's fun um and i'm not like anti zack snyder by any means um i don't love him but i also respect him as a uh artist like whole Zack like Snyder's known for doing darker you know heavier stuff you know? oh absolutely yeah so and i, I think what what he did with these characters i think is really cool and really fascinating and i think what uh marvel was trying to do with the eternals which is like Mm -hmm. you want these characters to feel more like gods than like everyday people and with uh with marvel starting with iron man they kind of showcased like here's this everyday person but he's really smart so he creates magic through science and then as those movies progressed they got more and more magic-y and less and less science-y and it was a really great progression how they did it in the MCU while the, you know, the DCA or the DCEU doesn't really have anything like that kind of sets up the, I don't know, the, like it doesn't like set up like this is what science is. And then like later on you start merging science and magic again. I think that was really cool how they did that in the MCU. Um, right. But it, yeah, I think but, there's potential for that uh, with Batman and, uh, inspired from the damned series as yeah. well and bermejo's uh batman the dc black uh, label yeah because that one gets very supernatural and enchantress is involved zatanna is a is a, oh, wow. a swamp thing that makes an appearance and uh constantine is pretty much uh batman's sidekick throughout the whole uh story arc uh, batman's so batman's yeah uh, for you know that's really cool magic to batman rather than trying to place batman in some realistic you know urban setting uh which is cool but yeah uh, let's just get weird with it let's just get weird exactly exactly. yeah i think they might be doing a little bit of that with robert pattinson Uh, i'd love to see some sort of batman where he's hearing you know uh, voices in his head making him just as crazy as the joker yeah i think i think i mean with the the riddler well no i guess it was scarecrow because scarecrow kind of makes you know makes him crazy so in that batman begins movies kind of like that and then in one of the batman animated series episodes remember he's like going crazy i actually just watched that this morning dreams oh, nice. in the dark the scarecrow episode it's yeah such a yeah good- <laughs> and like you can't read in dreams and that's how he figures out he's in his dream like bruce wade oh, that's uh, perchance to dream oh okay okay i think that's a mad hatter episode as a matter of fact oh uh, you're probably right yeah again i haven't seen that show in such a long time i've been watching teen titans go which has been amazing like i know a lot of people don't like the show on the internet because i like they like the original Teen Titans uh, animated series, which was a little more anime and a little more angsty and, and earnest. Uh, this one is just, you know, balls to the wall silliness. They're, they're obsessed with food. Every episode's about them trying to get food. It's hilarious. <laughs> and I didn't watch the original Teen Titans animated series because it wasn't connected to the DCAU, the, the DC animated universe that started, you know, with Batman, the animated series, Batman Beyond. Justice League Unlimited, Static Shock. It wasn't part of that, uh, the Zeta Project. I'll name them all, Superman, the animated series. Um, It wasn't part of that universe, so I didn't watch the original Teen Titans. I wasn't into it. And then when they did Teen Titans Go instead, I was like, well, this looks like a lot of fun. Like, this is just like pure fun. The writers look like they're like having the time of their their lives. So 
I started watching it on HBO Max now, and I didn't know, but there's like 60 episodes per season. There's like six seasons. Uh, is that the live action? No, that's the, the Teen Titans Go. It's the animated one. Again, okay. super, super silly animated. I haven't watched Teen, I haven't watched Titans, the live action series on yeah, HBO. I'm curious action. about that one. Uh, that, that's, that one seems interesting. I haven't seen any of that, the Titans that's a, series. It, yeah, that's in the trailer. Um, Robin says, fuck Batman. Right. <laughs> and um, Batman, that actor, uh, the guy who plays him in that universe is uh, the actor from Game of Thrones, right? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's... um, uh, um What's it, What's her name's... Um, the uh, Daenerys's, like, best friend. Yeah, who's, like, in love with her. Right. Yeah, he's a really cool looking dude too, and I really like his character on um, Game of Thrones. Right. Yeah, you can. It's uh, easy for the audience to imagine him uh, kicking ass. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and that that Titans uh, actually started as a TNT show, so um, it was. It's been a production forever. So it was originally going to be on TNT. And then they made the DC Unlimited app. So it was thrown on the DC Unlimited app with the uh, Swamp Thing show that got canceled real quick. Um, although through COVID, they've aired that on the CW, which is interesting. And um, they had Stargirl on that and they had um, Doom Patrol and, and Young Justice. And all three of the, or all four of those, well, all three of those shows, because one got canceled and moved over to HBO Max, because why would you have multiple streaming services when you can just have one? It's the net, the Netflix model is we're going to um, release 100 TV shows a day and you just have to catch up with it. <laughs> uh, just to uh, go back to the name of that actor, his name is Ian or? Yeah. Ewan Glenn? It might just be pronounced Ian, but that's the guy's name. Yeah. Um, He's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, And other actors that uh, have played Batman, there are a lot of really cool voiceover actors that have played Batman. And a lot of the general public have no idea that the guy portrayed him. Uh, Bruce Greenwood and Under the Red Hood, Peter Weller and uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Awesome actors. That's Robocop, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Obviously, Kevin Conroy. I mean, and I uh, just learned that he went to uh, Juilliard in uh, the late 70s and wow. his classmates i think he was there at the same time as christopher reeve because uh, uh he was there with robin williams and kelsey Grammer. but that's uh, nuts yeah sat batman and superman at juilliard together it's kind of interesting and 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 fraser yeah <laughs> well also beast from uh, x-men the last oh, that's true yeah <laughs> so you think of the nerd thing i just think of the, the yeah. <laughs> we all know him as Frazier. <laughs> they're both nerd things um sure <laughs> uh but yeah the, uh but kevin conroy is of course like the quintessential like voiceover batman from- for sure it's who i hear when i read batman comics i hear his voice absolutely um what else mask of the phantasm that's uh and did you oh, ever yeah. get a chance to watch uh the, the mr freeze i think it's called batman sub-zero yeah yeah definitely i've seen 
I think there there might be like five DCAU movies because because uh, there's also Mystery of the Batwoman. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I, that was like a later I, I one. On DVD, I, I don't think I've ever uh, watched it in completion. Uh, and then yeah, then there's the Sub Zero one, and then Mask of the Phantasm. I think there's an is there another one? I mean, there's like there's like a couple from the Superman animated series that mm-hmm. were episodes that kind of turned into VHS movies. Is Return of the Joker, uh, the Batman. Oh Batman. yeah, yeah. So when when Batman Beyond Return of the Joker came out, um, they originally released it as. Um, they they originally were going to have it as this uncut version and then they got really really scared and so they released uh, like a um like a cut version of it um, where i think at one point the joker he shoots someone with a gun and then like you know the the bullet comes out and then i think like something else happens like it says like boo or something more like kind of like a looney tunes type deal like marvin the martian and then, in, then they finally release an uncut version of Return of the Joker. And I think, like, you know, the bullet comes out and just kills the guy instead. So <laughs> and there's, like, slight, very, there's slight differences. <laughs> and Andrea Romano, she, I, I think she did the voice direction for that. But she was the voice director on the animated series Batman Beyond. I... Um, I want to. I think he. I believe Teen Titans as well. Uh, but I wow. feel like uh, she doesn't get enough credit. Uh, no, the work that she's done and the you know the type of performances that we've gotten out of you know the entertainment that we've gotten from the performances. Uh, Seriously, direction is very important. Thing. Yeah, uh, I mean all those <clears throat> DCAU shows, or they call it like the Bruce Tim verse or the DC animated verse. Uh, all those shows are just top-notch so good you know from uh that era feet of clay the clay face episodes with ron perlman uh those are some great episodes wow i didn't know he played (laughs) Clayface. have you seen the harley quinn animated series uh hbo max no i don't think so that's another thing that moved from DC Universe over to HBO Max, and it is brilliant. Like Clayface in that is a thespian. <laughs> yes. Well, and, that's uh, yeah. That's uh, uh, he's inspired by Lon Chaney, or the characters yeah. in, in Lon Chaney. Yeah. So it is. So, it like hurts how funny some of that show is. Like it's so inappropriately funny. It's amazing when people say comedy is dead. They haven't watched the Harley Quinn animated series at all. It's like <laughs> just balls to the wall. Like just ridiculous and grotesque and hilarious. But yeah, the the idea of Clayface being like this thespian who like when he when he when he becomes a different character, he has to like you know act. Guys, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great, and they do a really good job with that character specifically. It's hilarious. And ba- Batman's in a couple episodes too. He's actually played by um, uh, what's his name, who played him in Brave and the Bold, Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, and then he was he was one of the buddies on the Drew Carey show. Uh, he has such a weird name, and he's the neighbor in the office. I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, Edric Bader. Haha. Uh, Beverly Hills remake. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, 
Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Oh yeah, Beverly Hillbillies. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. That's his name. He's also in uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Right. Back. So is that? Uh, I, I think he's in. That ba- also has is that the one with Mark Hamill at the end. Yeah, he's in Jane Silent Bob Reboot as well. Diedrich Bader, which has I think three Batman in it, because yeah. Reboot also has Val Kilmer in it. I guess it has, and it has a has a Supergirl because it has Supergirl from the the TV show. Oh, what's it called? Oh, Supergirl. Um, <laughs> and I always thought that like I love Adam West so much, and we had him for such a long time, because um, he only died what like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, in my opinion, I always felt that they should have used Adam West in the same way that Marvel uses Stan Lee. So they should have had like a Adam West cameo in every DC movie. I thought that would have been really <laughs> cool, but obviously they didn't do that. I mean, <laughs> uh, the re-releases, we can add him, uh, CGI Adam West. <laughs> there you go. CGI him in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, because of the, you know, Batman uh, film from 1989 and just yeah. being so obsessed with that as a kid and the animated series uh, coming out shortly after. And, you know, it was, be a, you know, a young boy <laughs> having uh, the, that sort of content. Uh, but, you know, it just made me want, to devour you know anything batman or batman related or you know that looked remotely like batman you know, dick tracy or the shadow uh definitely and i think it, obviously I, batman the tv show from the 60s with adam west uh i was a little disappointed to you know trying to take it seriously as a kid and uh but it was just too much camp but uh, yeah I liked how silly it was as a kid, but I, I I used to watch it on FX. Like I think when FX first became a channel, they would play the Adam West Batman 66 series like over and over and over again. Yeah. So I got like a lot, I got a, uh, I got a lot of it out of that. And yeah, it's super campy. But then again, like you were saying that your like kind of integration was through like Jack Nicholson. Um, I think like, I mean, I, again, I love Batman, the animated series and I love Batman and Batman returns and then Batman forever was coming out. And then they were like, they're like, by the way, Jim Carrey is going to be in Batman forever. And I was like, what? So mm-hmm. like literally like nineties me was like, like, you know, I'm like nine years old. And they're like, by the way, like the, the greatest comedian of your childhood is going to be in a movie with Batman. And I was like, what? How is this possible? And they combined <laughs> these two 90s forces together and they created Batman Forever. And that was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And again, a lot of people find uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin a lot campier because they are. Um, I think Batman Forever walks a really fine line of being serious, but also being a little fun and silly and i really do also honestly, a love story huh it's also a love story you know yeah that man give up uh, the cape and cowl for a woman for nicole kidman mm-hmm. oh well yes <laughs> yeah uh for 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 lucille ball um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you're right um meridian chase that's her name right Arthur meridian uh, chase, yeah, yeah. Right. do you like the circus uh, yeah, a little Val Kilmer lisp. No, Val why, Kilmer. Why do you have this painting of a bat here? 
Uh, and it's really I was so disappointed uh, because he made it really well known that he didn't like playing the character and uh, apparently it was a mutual agreement uh, for him to leave the part uh, yeah when they were making Batman and Robin have you seen the Val documentary uh the first half of it but it's way too sad to finish it's really really sad yeah honestly didn't get through it either we got like yeah a little over halfway through it and um the batman parts obviously are really interesting because when he was a kid he used to play batman with his brother and his brother tragically passes away and then he becomes a huge actor and it's almost like that like the secret of where like if you push yourself hard enough and like you believe in one thing then you'll achieve it and he achieved becoming batman mm-hmm. and uh yeah and it said like the suit was super uncomfortable and just yeah, like, like miserable to be in um i would have re- they all talk about it. it's a 50 pound suit <laughs> yeah uh no. yeah, way too constrictive and he felt uh the, what he was saying in the documentary uh he felt like he was doing acting in a soap opera doing the scenes with meridian chase yeah <laughs> and kind of turning to the camera in a very dramatic way um, yeah but that, that's joel schumacher i mean joel schumacher is like he like his favorite thing was phantom of the men or sorry phantom of the menace what am i talking about phantom of the <laughs> opera the star wars is getting in the way of my like joel schumacher ness <laughs> I'd love to see Joel Schumacher direct a Star Wars film. I think he has a little uh, bit more experience now to take on another franchise. Yeah. Well, he he died, but he died Did last he die? year. Holy yeah. Shit. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. He died, <laughs> and then um, they they announced that um, like Mark Bernardin off of Fat Man Beyond, he was talking about how there's a like there's a different cut of Batman Forever, like a darker cut, like a Schumacher cut okay and so like now after the well i mean i was gonna say after the snyder cut but like honestly if we want to go back superman 2 um what went remember that yeah yeah they had the richard donner cut like 20 years afterwards that was released on dvd so like this has always happened where we just history repeating itself where they like release some they go to release a movie warner brothers gets like a little scared and gets cold feet and so they change stuff up and in a little bit and then release it not not as the director's vision which again this is a warner brothers podcast so i think that the difference between warner brothers and like disney is that warner is a director's driven studio while disney is a producer's driven studio so like kevin feige decides everything at um at disney marvel you know um kathleen kennedy decides everything at star wars at disney but um, I think with um, how Warner Brothers has always classically worked is its director's vision first. Uh, and then I think the thing that got in the way with the Zack Snyder thing is Zack Snyder is also a producer. So he was like, well, I'm going to help produce uh, uh, like these other films that are going to spring out of my film. And then um, uh, the, 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 the folks in charge of DC um, we're just like no we're like we're the producers you're the director you just need to direct for us so it started getting a little like they're trying to kind of change the way they play the game a little bit by making it more of a producer driven uh thing um mm-hmm. but then again like you still see the flash like again Andy Muschietti's the flash and I always call it that because like I do feel like it's going to be 
his movie, his baby, even though um, you have the studio execs kind of controlling everything and probably adding in Michael Keaton. So many other visions and franchises as well. Yeah, exactly. The multiverse uh, concept or story. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to get Michael Keaton back. Um, I think we need to do a full episode on um, what happened uh, with the whole Snyder verse um, because that's like uh, very important. There, Mm -hmm. huh? There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, exactly. But the comic book films that Snyder did with 300 and Watchmen, those are amazing movies. But I feel like uh, either the studio or the producers were just uh, wanting to take creative control, uh, perhaps a little too much. Yeah. But uh, I guess it makes for more uh, family-friendly movies i suppose uh, rather than uh because i guess a dark director these days <laughs> what's considered dark is uh, just really heavy you know sometimes violent or grisly stuff and uh, i don't know if studios uh, you know it's you know comic books at the end of the day it's meant for kids and so studios probably don't want to take the chance on just giving total creative control over to the director but i think we might see a little bit more of that with this uh, Matt Reeves film uh, but we'll see we'll see how it turns out yeah I mean I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really good it looks really good I think it's gonna be a really strong movie mm-hmm. With, yeah Colin Farrell and Paul Dano as the Riddler uh, I'm looking I'm really looking forward to that that should be pretty cool uh, yeah sort of Zodiac Riddler <laughs> that's basically what they're doing right that's what it seems like <laughs> yeah. uh, true crime is very in right now yeah oh absolutely also jeffrey wright as commissioner gordon i think he's going to do a great job that Uh, is what i'm super excited for mm -hmm. what did you think of jk simmons as i was about to say jk rowling but jk simmons as a commissioner gordon again i haven't seen him as commissioner gordon because he's not that in in man of steel (laughs) so we'll have to do a follow-up episode where i watch through again batman versus superman ultimate edition and Zack Snyder's justice league. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think the biggest thing is like poor Ray Fisher. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a good buddy that, uh, I think went to a, was in a couple of acting classes with, uh, Ray Fisher in New York. Oh, wow. And, um, we got some insider knowledge coming up on this podcast right here. <laughs> Uh, I think they're yeah, they're they're still buddies and uh, they still text each other. Uh, I believe from uh, what my buddy was telling me that yeah, it was what happened to Ray is just very unfortunate. But I think the aftermath and uh, Ray sort of sacrificing his career to expose corruption um, is just it, it was just so important and um, absolutely. And created so much turmoil in the in the whole studio system and and so even though we never had a you know got to see him with his own film uh it i think what he gave to the to uh the whole history of batman into uh comic book uh, movie franchises is, is very important Absolutely. I think that, um, yeah, you know, Walter Hamada is the guy uh, at 
at Warner Brothers that kind of is controlling all the DC uh, films. So he's he's the producer mm-hmm. that's kind of like the Kevin Feige in charge. And Hamada like came out against Ray mm-hmm. and um, was saying like, you know, we had no problems on the set of Justice League. And then he said, well, we'll do an investigation. And Ray's like, well, you're not, you're like having Warner Brothers do an investigation. Like we need an external like company to come in and do an investigation. Yeah. So um, originally they were like, yeah, we did our own investigation, found nothing. <laughs> and, and then Ray was like, no, that, that's complete bullshit. Like, come on, let's have an a, like external company come in and they'll do an investigation. And then you'll see like how like shitty Joss Whedon was when making uh, Justice League, as the fans call it. Um, which again, I used to be a huge uh, Joss Whedon fan, which we'll get into more. I mean, I've gotten into a little bit on this podcast, but like, it's it's tough because like you know, I I, de- I definitely consider myself like very uh, like pro feminism and things like that, and then uh, that was what Joss like held his brand on. But you know, it was a whole facade because he was really cheating on his wife the entire time. He was really being a scumbag to like Chris Carpenter on the set of Angel. Uh, he was being a scumbag to Gal Gadot on Justice League. And like, she didn't want to do some of the stuff that he wanted her to do. And he was like, I will end your career if you don't do what I want you to do. And Gal Gadot was like, what? No, like F you. And then she told Israeli and news reporters that he said this. And we all reacted very strongly. Um, so you know, that investigation happened that Ray wanted. And at the same time, Warner Brothers was trying to distract. So they were saying, we have a we have a Jason Momoa, um, Frosty the Snowman, like CG, um, like animated project that's happening. And then Jason <laughs> Momoa and Ray Fisher were on stage. And Jason Momoa was like, that. Well, that's not a thing. Warner Brothers just announced that to like, so you're paying attention to that instead of paying attention to the whole gray fiasco. So um, yeah, they're trying to distract with that Frosty the Snowman thing. So they finally had that external investigation done. And then um, like, it was literally the same week. They're like, we've finished the investigation and we've come to no formal conclusion, right? Within that week, Joss Whedon gets fired from the Nevers, his HBO show that he created. And well, again, he didn't get fired. He technically said, I can't do the show anymore because it's exhausting to make a show and to film a show during the pandemic. So I'm going to leave and give it to the other people. And it's like, no, dude, you're definitely fired. I'm pretty confident. Like, like, try Grace. (laughs) Yeah. So they try to let him leave gracefully, but he seems like a total like scumbag, dirtbag. Like he again, he was hiding behind like being a feminist when he was again like cheating on his wife and being like like mm-hmm. telling Chris McCarpenter she shouldn't have gotten pregnant because it ruins his entire story arc for Angel. And it's like, dude, like you again, you wrote in her pregnancy into the into the show, or you can write around it. You can have her like hold a purse for for six months. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's just like. I am like people think they're very pro women and uh, feminist, and then they do stuff like that, which they don't maybe don't even think that is sexist, but completely and totally is. That's not even sexist. It's like women are allowed to get pregnant whenever they want or if they don't want to. It's it's up to the woman, right? And so like you trying to decide it for them because you hired them on your little TV show is like really scummy and skeevy. Yeah, yeah, very. 
it's so uh, crazy to watch in real time you know giants totally have a big fall from grace <laughs> yeah oh People yeah like him and and uh and uh a number of other uh directors obviously yeah, i mean to keep uh, keep it in the warner brothers realm uh hbo just premiered and just like that the sex in the city uh like new season uh, right. yeah. and and mr big uh chris noth is that how you pronounce his last name no noth yeah, Rout, yeah he, like brandon rouse <laughs> brandon roth rouse yeah brandon ruth uh reminds me of that movie north with um frodo uh did you ever see that julia little drivers and uh wow gander his dad in that too maybe i don't remember now George <laughs> but, yeah i remember watching parts of that movie a very strange movie like there was like old people that they um like put onto uh like floating ice and like they let them just go off and die on the ice it's just, yeah very creepy right <laughs> yeah it's, very, it's a very weird movie hi welcome to the north podcast where we only talk about the movie north <laughs> um Elijah Wood was in uh, um, Sin City uh, as the wow. character with the long nails. That's uh, Sin City. That's Frank Miller, of course. Is that yeah? Comic. Those are Vertigo comics. No, they're they're not the dark, Vertigo. Dark. I forget who publishes them. I don't. I'm pretty sure it's not Vertigo because I don't think um, DC made the movie. Okay. Or sorry, um, Warner Brothers made the movie. And that's not Zack Snyder. That's Robert Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Elijah. Uh, I get, uh, I think Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Sin City. <clears throat> yeah. But again, it's very, very in our, in our wheelhouse talking about Frank Miller. So what was like, what, what was your first or your major Batman comic that you got into? Like comic book or comic book arc or just one that you like? Uh, uh i would say um one one that came out probably about 10 years ago uh uh that i yeah because when i was younger reading batman comics i would just pick up you know random issues random random stuff i didn't really know what i was uh marlon rando (laughs) yeah or what part of the story I was in in the comic series, and um, it's so it's so hard to figure it out as a kid. As an adult, it's a little easier because like you can kind of like do the four D chess of like, oh, okay, this storyline ties into this one, and then they do an event series with these three issues, and then right. yeah, exactly. And you know, a lot of my choice uh, from that was just based on how Batman looked. If uh, okay, if yeah cooler you know i thought if he had a cool look when we were a kid too he had that like really crazy look where they like changed him up but it was after um nightfall right that's when batman breaks his back um when bane breaks his back and then as asriel takes over right Mm -hmm. that's his name Mm -hmm. and then i think bruce wayne comes back after that or maybe it's asriel's look but it's very more metallic it's got like yellow like mm. metal on it and it's like a really really cool looking suit uh i don't think people liked it in the 90s but you know I, i'm very nostalgic for that suit i think it's really really cool looking yeah no, they, they 
changed up uh, all their suits in the 90s. Uh, yeah, they had the, the blue Superman and the red Superman, which yeah. looked really, really cool. And I think they made those like two different versions of Superman. So like one was his like like light side emotions and one was his dark side emotions or something. Yeah. I forget exactly how it worked. Uh, Such a yeah. long time ago now. Uh, but really the, the first uh, Batman story arc from a comic series graphic novel series was a uh, batman death by design and oh, I, I haven't read that one like about 10 years ago and mm. uh, it's uh by uh let me see i i wrote it down over here uh, the writer and designer is chip kid and the artist is dave taylor Ooh. Uh, yeah your namesake and uh yeah. <clears throat> but he's uh, pretty much it's it's in white and it's uh, a Gotham city that takes place in the thirties. And uh, the whole storyline is that there's a construction boom uh, happening in Gotham city and Bruce Wayne, who's a part of the uh, Gotham landmarks commission. Uh, you know, he is obviously heavy and heavily involved in uh, this construction boom and what's uh, being built around Gotham city. Uh, and then there are suddenly uh, like malfunctions uh, related to construction design causing big accidents to happen uh, on all these projects across the city. And it all happens to be uh, tied to uh, a terrorist. The Joker is a character in the, in the, in the story, but it's a cool. really cool graphic novel and you get to see, uh, yeah, like a 1930s uh, Batman, uh, but with, modern illustrations uh that that's really cool really really beautiful i can't recommend it enough no uh, was it was it just a graphic novel or do they was it part of new 52 or something i don't think it was new 52 i think it was just yeah I, just I, its own thing i have a hardcover uh graphic novel i don't think it was a a series i think it's just a standalone uh book um but yeah i don't that's it, cool 52 yeah it is it is pretty cool Probably right around when they rebooted with new 52 mm-hmm. which um yeah so my favorite like run of batman is like i think it's like around in the 600s of the batman series where uh, grant morrison took over mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you read grant morrison's run but i thought it was really really brilliant what he did again i just love that guy so much he also show ran brave new world for peacock like the the show and that's so good um he did happy for sci-fi i remember Um, yeah yeah i mean grant morrison is like a very prolific uh writer he actually he wrote the x-men run called new x-men that was the one right before joss whedon took over for astonishing x-men and like his x-men run is incredible he writes very like I really like that series. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. He writes very like existential and very like, like he's done a lot of drugs in his life, um, which he's admitted. Uh, and so my, my favorite Batman. Yeah. So my favorite Batman comic that he does um, hey, is Lana. Lana's part of the podcast. Lana Leopard, the cat is here. <laughs> Lana, you have like uh, AT and T, Batman and Superman behind you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that was the first uh, the first um, 
uh, cover for the podcast was was these drawings. So not not the best Batman Superman drawings, but I think the the point of the AT and T logo I think is very powerful. <laughs> hopefully, um, but yeah, and for so for Grant Morrison's run, he did the he he um, like curated the Black Case book, which was um, a bunch of old issues of Batman, like you know, starting in the like forties. He he grabbed like a bunch of issues throughout all of the run of Batman and detective comics that he thought was important. Mm-hmm. So he pulled out all these old stories that were just dead. And um, so you read through these old books and you're like, okay, some of these stories are crazy. Like there's one story, it's like Batman on Mars and his suit turns purple <laughs> and it's just like nuts. And there's another one where you see um, like this, like group of other superheroes that Batman is part of that we've never heard from again. It's just like in this one issue and then, like, they have, like, is the Batmite issue in there? I think the issue where um, his dad dresses up as Batman is in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, for a party when, when, when Bruce is a kid. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple more. And then, so you read through all these, and then you start reading Grant Morrison's run of Batman. So this is a good precursor to read the the Black Case book. So it's kind of like cases that Batman has in the specific case book called the Black Case book. So you read through those issues, and then you read through Morrison's run. And then you realize all of the stuff from the Black Case book, he's pulling story arcs and storylines from those and continuing them. So he's continuing a storyline that's 40 years old that he just decides is cool that he's going to pick up again. So it's really, really cool stuff. You know, he goes back and references all those old comics, like hardcore. And then, so you see that, like, you see that group of superheroes that you saw in that one issue. Like um, you have a new reason for the purple suit. So it's like, he like requantifies it. So it's no longer like Batman was in space. What actually happens is when Batman is like brutally injured, like he's gonna die he um has the spot in his brain and it's called like the batman of gurinarg i think and Mm -hmm. that spot in his brain gets like activated so if he's dying like this is like a little energy spot where um that like takes over his whole body and then he can like still perform and do batman things even though his body's dying so he's like a spot in his brain that he keeps reserved for emergencies only and that gives him like yeah it's like (laughs) crazy stuff like that um so that that whole run of grant morrison was cool and i think what he really tried to do was um he kind of said that like each decade of batman comics is one year of batman's life so like the 40s are really batman year one the 50s are year two 60s are year three um I think it's a really cool way of doing it yeah. too, kind of like just folding in everything like an accordion. Um, Absolutely, and it's, kind of making really it make a little, uh, toward Batman lovers. Yeah, making it make a little more uh, sense. <clears throat> and so, yeah, Grant Morrison's run was incredible. And then you know um, Scott Snyder, um, he was doing the comic when New Fifty Two rebooted everything and you know he did the court of owls which is just i think that stuff's incredible too i think court of owls is uh going to be making an appearance in the new uh uh pattinson uh movie i hope so because all that stuff's really cool and it feels like it's always been there and like what they did at the end with who the owl master is 
uh, was really neat too. <laughs> if you remember, spoilers for if you're listening to this, but uh, spo- serious spoilers. So I will say it right now. You ready? Because you've read it all, right? The Court of Owls. No, not I haven't. But okay, you can I will spoil it for me. Okay, well, because <laughs> they only kind of leave it up in the air too. But it turns out that there's this uh, nemesis named Owl Man, which I think they bring back from older comics. Um, but they make him like Batman's foe in this and they're kind of talking about how like you know like a Joker really isn't the nemesis in like the of of a bat in the forest you know like in the Mm -hmm. animal kingdom a bat and an owl are really uh, like opposites and then they reveal the owl man could or could not be Batman's brother Okay, okay which is like so cool and i don't think they've dealt with it since then they just kind of set it up and like they kind of do it so it might be his brother so like it kind of leaves it a little more open-ended so if like you know dc comics is like we don't want Batman to have a brother then they just like erase it but like they're <laughs> kind of leaving it up in the air right now yeah also grant morrison going back to him i think he he was the one that brought in damian wayne so mm-hmm. uh you had that um what was that old comic from the 80s called something of the dragon a son of the dragon i think son of the dragon yeah and that's when talia and batman have a kid and that was always considered non-canon and then grant morrison was like no 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 no, no. i like that comic it's canon now it's pretty canon now (laughs) yeah and i remember issue i think it's issue 666 of batman um i don't think it's detective comics i think it's batman um issue 666 is damian wayne being batman which is really cool Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh because you know they have the death of batman or the death of the death of batman and the return of bruce wayne in grant's run as well which is really cool and fun and what are the what's the alternate uh, universe where it's thomas wayne as batman and that's just the flashpoint verse i think right i think that's just in flashpoint where you have bruce dies in flashpoint as a kid in the alleyway mm-hmm. And then, okay. yeah, and then Thomas Wayne becomes Batman and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker. <laughs> yeah, again, deep spoilers. Sorry I'm spoiling everything, guys, but this is a Batman podcast. So, Batman. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see if they do that in the Flash TV or the Flash point movie, which I don't think they will. I think they're kind of doing their own I've thing. I've seen some fan art of uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan who played Thomas Wayne in the uh, Justice League Batman vs. Superman films uh, dressed up in the bat suit but Thomas Wayne as Batman yeah it's basically just Batman with a mustache (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing it's incredible yeah Batman should always have a mustache I don't know why he doesn't it's so good Uh, like remember when superman had a beard and everyone was like how does he shave and then they made like commercials to describe how he shaved <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah yeah. i do i do vaguely remember that i was just thinking about mustachioed henry cavill superman uh, <laughs> yeah okay yeah CGI. <laughs> uh, yeah that 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 picture of him just like like he has his mouth like like in a circle and then like you can just tell like his top lip is cg instead yeah he yeah. couldn't get out of shooting um mission impossible five mission impossible six i think he's in mission impossible six fallout 
sakes. Yeah, one of <clears throat> one yeah. of the more recent. Ones, Which is you know? good. This is a good movie, but like Paramount was like, you cannot have Henry Cavill. He cannot shave his mustache. He's like, we have him under contract. So when they're doing the Joss reshoots, <laughs> yeah, he had to have that stupid mustache. <laughs> Clearly, they shouldn't have been doing any of that if that was the outcome. Yeah spreading themselves too thin right there are cattle spreading themselves too thin perhaps yeah and i love cattle as superman i think he's like arguably the best superman we've had i think he's so he looks the role so much he's so good as the role i really wish he had more opportunity to play it mm-hmm. have you caught any of brandon routh's uh, return as superman i watched a little bit of it so that was the that was really cool crisis on infinite earths the the i call it the dcw verse uh and uh there's there's a really good highlighted reel on youtube where they kind of highlight all the cameos and so you get to see because burt ward makes a cameo he's like walking his dog and he says like holy red sky or something like that um and then uh arliss i think jonathan is it jonathan ames the guy who plays arliss on the show arliss on hbo um, he played a reporter in the original Batman 89 um, movie, okay. if you remember. Yes, yes, yes. And right. his character is, makes a cameo in the Crisis DCW. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the sky is red, like, and the bat symbol in the sky actually looks like the Batman Beyond symbol. So I was suggesting for a while that maybe, you know, if they have the, all their if they're aligned better than they actually are, then they would have been setting up the return of, uh, you know, um, the, the um, original or the, uh, they'd be setting up through that. Like, cause we see the bat, it's like the Batman beyond symbol in the sky. So I would think that when Keaton returns, he would have more of the Batman beyond symbol, but probably not. I think that it's like, it's just like two 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 different cooks doing two different things. They, this new Batgirl uh, is going to be on uh, as Batman. I think they might perhaps try to introduce that uh, the Beyond symbol in that one, maybe. But, yeah, it seems like the Batgirl movie for HBO Max is because it has Michael Keaton in it. Series, I guess it's a movie then. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a movie. I think it's an HBO Max movie because um, HBO Max when they first formed they. Um, also formed the like there's a subdivision called warner max which is making like five movies for hbo max per year so they're doing like a little lower budget films like they announced the there's a blue beetle movie but they've that was originally going to be for hbo max but now that's actually going to come out in theater so you know they're swapping around some stuff getting their feelers out um yeah and uh they also in crisis and from nurse they referenced the like they referenced the Ryan Reynolds uh, Green Lantern movie. Uh, they referenced the 2003 Birds of Prey TV series, where you actually see a character from that, like running away from the crisis that's happening on these okay. infinite Earths. <laughs> and yeah, Brandon Ruth was did a really good job. Which what was cool too in this crisis event was they made a comic book, and it was the fifth crisis on infinite earth's comic book i might have that number wrong but it's like the fourth or fifth and in that they have like the multiple lex luthers and multiple Mm -hmm. supermen so you see all the different lex luthers that ever that have ever been in the comic which is really cool and you see a bunch of different supermen 
mm-hmm. and you know you see Brandon Ruth in there and then um I think that's like a prequel or maybe it's a sequel I think it sets up him then returning to the DCW uh show that he was on yeah so that was really cool they brought back Brandon Ruth in that yeah. really cool and then they had um uh who we were just talking about before the voice of Batman um he he was uh in it as like a broken batman which yeah. was really cool kevin conroy mm-hmm. he was like a batman i think he was a batman that actually that accidentally killed his superman if i'm not mistaken which is kind of cool yeah so we got kevin conroy in there as a bruce wayne a live action bruce wayne which i think is really neat and ruby rose's batwoman visited him <laughs> uh do you remember there was a i think it was on the wb or uh but it was a batman beyond <clears throat> a story arc where superman i think it was a two-part uh episode series but superman you have an older clark kent uh who is actually has a chip implanted uh in the back of his head that's having him uh commit evil acts against gotham city and metropolis and oh well, i don't remember the chip. And, uh terry mcginnis have to uh join forces to take Superman down. And uh, I think Batman has like a, or an older Bruce Wayne has a kryptonite bullet. Okay. We've had to use it before on it, on him. And uh, yeah, but I, I always dig when Batman has to take down Superman and it's uh, brains versus brawn. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's really great. I'm excited to see Batman versus Superman one day for sure. For that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, Yeah. I should give it a rewatch, but I probably won't. (laughs) My, 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 my favorite joke about uh, that Godzilla versus Kong movie, which is, which was a Warner brothers feature. So we can talk about it was that uh, um, and an HBO max premiere title uh, was that someone said, that um they're both like are both king kong and godzilla gonna stop fighting when they're both realize that they're friends with mothra (laughs) it's like so funny now every time i hear the name martha i just think of the name mothra and like i know someone named martha and every time i hear her name i just think mothra martha so funny (laughs) too many coincidences yeah absolutely uh but yeah and ben affleck when you were talking about uh as a Love child ben. seeing uh the news of jim carrey being cast as the riddler and coming to uh the whole batman franchise um uh, ben affleck being cast uh, as batman he wasn't the he wasn't really well received at first a lot of people were against him yeah and, uh, a lot of people were against him. He has old, he has some really hardcore fans now, though, that like he kind of backed away from uh, making his own solo movie because they announced his own solo movie to exhibitors in Vegas, you know, years ago. Um, never officially announced it to us, but announced it to exhibitors. And, you know, obviously the there was setup for it in. I think it's Batman versus Superman, right? Because at don't at the end, don't you see um what's the actor's name? Um isn't there like a post-credit sequence at, at the end of Batman versus Superman where you see um Justin Eisenberg or is he 
no but anyway he like that was supposed to set up his batman solo film and then um yeah i just don't think he wanted to do it anymore and he's still gonna be in uh, andy muschietti's the flash we're still gonna get one more ben affleck batman we're still gonna get one more bat fleck out, out of him mm-hmm. ben affleck sort of trimmed down a little bit yeah we saw i uh, did you see the Zach i was Snyder? thinking i was sorry i was thinking of joe magliano oh right yes 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 as uh deathstroke right as deathstroke yeah um yes and ben affleck was supposed to uh direct uh and i think it was just going to be a a standalone movie I, i they were i think they were talking about perhaps doing another trilogy with ben affleck but I don't even think Ben Affleck wanted to do that, but no, he, he didn't, he didn't, you know, it's taxing. It's taxing to do these things. And when you're at his age, I don't, I think you just want to do like art projects and do projects that you're in love with, not like these things that you kind of have to do. Right. And, uh, and yeah, I think it was just, uh, I don't know. It sound seemed like there was a lot going on uh, in his personal life and, he's obviously a busy uh actor and director and writer um and so yeah shortly after they made that announcement uh, then matt reeves came on board and shortly after that there were reports of creative differences and uh and then shortly after that (laughs) ben affleck left the project altogether yeah yeah robert pattinson and now it's a completely different universe that that movie's taking place in just cool. Like I'm again, I'm super excited for it. I would have loved to see what Ben Affleck could have done with directing himself as Batman. Same. Same. I think the thing that made people tentative about him as Batman, because it's I think it's a weird producer's choice to choose him, in that they tried to create um like a franchise out of Daredevil with him as the lead and then his wife as Electra. And that was Kevin Feige produced. So Kevin Feige produced his Daredevil movie for Fox. And then, and you know, and immediately when they announced the Daredevil film, it was, we're going to make a spinoff of this movie with Elektra. And then we're going to try to like, we're going to try to keep going. So the, the, the original MCU was Ben Affleck as Daredevil, his wife at the time as Elektra. And then they're going to keep making movies out of that verse, but it, um, it never, it never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can blame that on Ben. I mean, you probably blame it. I don't know who directed that movie. I you maybe blame it on whoever directed it, whoever wrote it. There's plenty of people to blame. Um, <laughs> And it's not a bad movie at all. It's not a very interesting movie, but it's not. A choice of characters. Yeah. And so I think like you already had this, failure of setting up a uh franchise a superhero franchise with ben affleck as the lead so why is dc trying to do that if you already saw that it didn't work over at marvel it just seems like a very weird decision but then i guess from what i remember wanted an actor to play opposite henry cavill because they went with a fresh face you know practically newcomer uh with henry cavill uh, or unknown actor he wasn't really a newcomer but he was a and at the time henry cavill was known as the most unsuccessful man in hollywood because he was shortlisted to play superman before for superman returns he was also shortlisted to play batman and batman begins 
and shortlisted wow. by, uh, James Bond and Casino Royale and uh, wasn't cast in any of those. And he was known as being very unlucky. And then he finally got his Superman movie. Yeah. Uh, and he was, and, and then he got his like James Bond because he was the man from Uncle. Right. With Army Hammer, the cannibal. And uh, <laughs> Army Hammer um, was going to be Superman in the. No, um, he was going to be Batman. Or, that's right. He's going to be Batman in the. Dude, George, George Miller's uh, um, Justice League movie from the late 2000s. Yeah, uh, and DJ Cordova, who was the George Clooney character in the TV series of From Dust Till Dawn, was going to oh, play wow. Superman in that. So DJ Cordova <laughs> then moved over. He's in, I believe, he's in Shazam. He plays one of the kids as uh, as a superhero. Is that him? Oh wow, I didn't I'm know that. Pretty sure. So Snyder cast Ben Affleck opposite Henry Cavill because they. Uh, definitely they they didn't want to they wanted a bat a veteran batman a guy who had been around and so they wanted to cast somebody with gravitas uh somebody who would stand next to henry cavill who's also a very big guy yeah uh, and have you know uh, a more seasoned uh, um, essence or aura uh, about him on um, on film on screen and so that was a big part of the reason why Ben Affleck was cast because movie audiences, you know, he's obviously been around for, for so long. Uh, but, uh, and, and he's an, like, like uh, George Clooney, he's another guy. Uh, George Clooney is like, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that. He used to play. Oh, wow. He used to play basketball in college and Ben Affleck is like a towering 6'4". He's huge, a big guy. I've never seen him in real life, but just a, uh, a big person and uh Makes yeah both sense. those guys really have a great bruce wayne look and when they're in the suit a great batman look but unfortunately, yeah. they just don't have uh the strongest films yeah they just they they wanted their own robert downey jr i think and if you look at like to be devil's advocate for what i was saying before if you look at chris evans you know he was in the fantastic four movies and then they brought him over to be captain america and at, at that time i was like what are you doing why are you bringing this like he already played a superhero but then you know he had chris evans as captain america is like a revelation he's incredible in that role and so told a long time so ago, this might just be hearsay but i was told a long time ago that garrett headland from uh the tron legacy tron okay legacy and yeah i think friday night lights um, I like he's known more as being like an indie actor, uh, pretty mm-hmm. much. But uh, Garrett Hedlund turned down the role of Captain America because he didn't want to be in too many uh, big franchises because I think he had just completed filming Tron. And so uh, Marvel and they were, won. They wanted to Marvel make a third one with him too, originally. He turned it down. Wow. Supposedly, and that's how we got Chris Evans. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, so that Justice League Mortal movie, yeah, it was DJ uh, Cortrona and Adam Brody and both of them. So Adam Brody was going to be the uh, Barry Allen Flash. And like you said, DJ Cortrona was going to be Superman. And both Mm -hmm. both of them are in Shazam. They both play. um, And the director supposedly didn't know that they were going to be in Justice League Mortal together and cast them both in in Shazam like blindly. (laughs) yeah which is just like it's so 
don't know. I think that's really cool. They finally, they finally made it, you know, like they've always wanted to be in these superhero movies. They got cast in one. They thought it was going to be this huge thing. And then it just didn't happen. And George Miller is an incredible director. Strike happened. I think that's why it never got made. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I think they were getting cold feet because they had, um, they had the Nolan bat verse going on. So they didn't want to like, they didn't want to confuse audiences at the time with two Batman, which now like we're going to get two or three Batman in one movie, you know, so they don't care now. And yeah, multiverse uh, approaches that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. With uh, Joaquin Phoenix, his Joker just totally, you know, Batman doesn't even appear in the movie and it's, but it's a Batman movie. Technically. Yeah. I think Thomas Wayne appears in it though, right? Yes, he does. But, uh, and we do have a young Bruce Wayne in that film as well, but um, you have that Joker coming out at the same time as with Suicide Squad Joker, Jared Leto. uh, And audiences are supposed to accept that. Just, you know, just accept it these days. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rather than, I mean, I think pure purist type fans will uh, argue that the studios like Warner Brothers, uh, that yeah, they're just spreading themselves too thin. But but no, I I say bring it on. You know, let's get more of it because there will always always be an audience for it. I think. Yeah, and I just I hope they like fold in stuff together. Like I, you know, I'm always an advocate of like bringing back Pierce Brosnan or Timothy Dolan for one more Bond <laughs> movie. Well, I'm, I'm, tasteful yeah i'm 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 here for i mean we're getting more um we're getting more of the uh 89 batman and a couple things like keaton's batman's coming back which is very exciting i'd want george clooney's batman to come back like it's let him let him go one more round let's see what he can do he's older now interesting is if we get to see a nicholas cage as superman Ooh, uh, that would be of. good <laughs> i heard he did play superman voice he played superman in teen titans go to the movies so we have gotten him and then (laughs) um and then we did have billy d williams play two-face in lego batman so like again like all this stuff that like we set we set the stuff up in the 90s the late 80s you know that these things are going to happen they never do luckily we have enough fans that make this stuff where they're able to like fold in billy d williams into lego batman or fold in you know adam west into two animated movies as batman right before he dies which is really cool william shatner does the voice of two-face in those yeah which is really cool because they never had a two-face in the batman 66 series so it's cool to get an actor from that time to then be two-face really cool casting but yeah we also get to see um Billy D. Williams's Harvey Dent transform into Two Face in the new comic series, uh, six issue comic series, Batman '89. Okay, uh, the extension of the Burton verse. It's so cool. Never got to see, and yeah, I hope in uh, the upcoming uh, series or issues uh, from that, uh, I hope we get to see a Nicolas Cage or other. they could be really bold and bringing in a uh, Robin Williams Riddler because I think Tim Burton yeah. uh, see that at, at some point, but he of course left. And, yeah. Uh, I heard a while ago that um, the original casting for Batman in the late seventies, early eighties, when they wanted to make the movie was Bill Murray as, uh, as Batman, Batman, as Bruce Wayne. 
yeah. I remember hearing about Mel Gibson uh, being entertained. Oh, wow. To, to fill that role. And uh, I don't remember Bill Murray, though. Hello, uh, I'm Batman. Eh. Uh, that's, that's my Australian <laughs> accent. That's my Mel Gibson impression. <laughs> <laughs> the original i think the movie that never got made there was supposed to be a batman film in the in the 1950s and gregory peck uh Atticus oh my gosh from to kill a mockingbird and to kill a mockingbird else uh yeah captain ahab from obi dick and uh roman holiday uh yeah gregory peck was supposed to be batman and, wow uh, i think he would have been a pretty he his look is definitely a cool look for a Bruce Wayne and, and Batman and is, has a cool voice too. Yeah. And they did do, <laughs> they did do two different Batman series from the, uh, the, in the fifties, like there's those two black and white serials, I guess you can call them. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, very cool. With Lewis Wilson as Batman. And I think there was one other guy who played him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what villains would you want to see? Uh, sort of uh, lower tiered villains would you want to see in the oh, movie? And Robert Lowery. So those were the two Batman from the black and white fifties Batman mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So what? Um, what villains would I want to have um, in like an upcoming Batman movie? Yeah, I know they're doing it on the Batwoman series right now, but I think Hush would be a cool character to do in a movie um yeah again i think owlman would be interesting of course that would probably be the coolest thing they could do is like integrate like the court of the owls owlman into everything oh who, who else is really good i'm trying to think from um oh the the little puppet guy the little um do you know what i'm talking about like oh yeah but that's what i was just gonna say that's my uh number one choice yeah uh, oh yeah ventriloquist yeah the ventriloquist that would be really cool because that's so creepy like is he control like at, at a certain point you start second guessing like maybe yeah. the, like maybe the dummy is controlling the human it's but it'd be cool i would love to see you know perhaps he's taking mob control uh in the mafia underworld you know power away from the penguin or two-face or somebody and uh you know he's just a crazy little ventriloquist scarface doll yeah yeah so cool such a neat character it's so weird and i love it so much I love the weird. I'd also love to see uh, Clayface in the movies. uh, Yeah. Or start off as that Lon Chaney inspired uh, thespian actor, but then, I don't know, falls into, uh, you know, some sort of goo, (laughs) the Clayface goop. Yeah. uh, And uh, he can transform. And I think they can do some pretty cool stuff with CGI. Yeah, especially nowadays. I think that would be really, really fun to watch for sure. Mm Mm-hmm like a live action clay face. Yeah. And then, I mean, like there's just so much you can do still, like you can do like the red hood story, you know, like we can, mm-hmm. um, I think they started teasing Jason Todd, right. And in, in the Snyder verse, uh, you know, a little bit. Yeah. You get to see, uh, yeah. Through, uh, yeah. A couple of times, but he might be dead. Yeah. They, I think they're yeah. Jason Todd because I think there's a scene where Ben Affleck's looking at, uh, an old robin suit with like the joker uh markings on it like ha yeah. and all of the suits so, yeah uh, they teased a little bit of that with that um under the red hood is such a good movie and uh let's uh, yeah uh maybe do a film with all the robins 
Uh, yeah, and yeah, ends out of commission. I think that's the newest video game that's about to come out, though. Gotham uh, Knights. Yes. Yeah, uh, I thought that would have been cool if they wanted to continue the Nolan verse. I thought that would have been a cool way to do it because Batman's retired. He gives the cave at the end, the Bat Cave, to um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin, right, mm-hmm. the cop. So he gets it, and um, I think he's an orphan, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I think like a cool idea would be to um, do like a fourth Batman movie in the Nolan verse, but not have Batman in it, just have it as Robins. And you can have like all four different or five different types of Robins. You can even have like Cassandra Cain. Like you can mm-hmm. do all of the Robins. It would be really cool in that in that and like helping each other out. In live action that's my pitch for uh the continuing the nolan verse yeah uh, it could definitely be done and there would be an audience for it but uh, yeah cool. yeah <laughs> so, i mean i feel like there's some stuff we can just like retire and not go back to you know and i think maybe nolan's verse is, is yeah, like that we probably need christopher nolan's permission to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah and now he's like, he's like, F you yeah, exactly. brothers. I'm going to go make a movie over at universal yes. Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, I'm going to blow up a real uh, atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah. Effects. Deal with it. <laughs> so, yeah, <clears throat> man, they really try to keep, they really try to keep Nolan too. Like they release tenant under COVID and they tried, they try to keep it out in theaters and, they didn't do like an HBO Max like release for it. They really, really tried to give him what he wanted for that movie. But uh, yeah, when they announced that all their 2020 lineup was going to be also on HBO Max, he got really angry at them. And mm-hmm. I think he said, uh, I, I, I went to bed knowing that I worked for the greatest movie studio of all time. And I woke up um, realizing that I now work for the third best streamer. <laughs> <laughs> which is fair i'd argue they're the second best streamer or the first but yeah sure yeah yeah i mean money wise they're definitely third or fourth i guess they're third it's well i don't know if you consider amazon prime in there amazon prime probably has more subscribers than hbo max i don't know i think it's at like 60 million now or something like that hbo max but it's expensive it's like 10 15 bucks a month Yeah, I don't even want to look at my bill. I yeah, I pay for all of the streaming services except for Disney Plus. I borrow that account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we share through the family, so I only pay for <laughs> HBO Max. And we did a year of Paramount Plus. Yeah, yeah. HBO Max is so cool though because it's all the DC stuff you can uh, pull from it whenever you want. You know, this it's so good. All those stuff. animated movies are on there. It's yeah, great. brushing up on my Batman knowledge this morning, I was like, I'm gonna pot, yeah, watching a couple of animated series episodes, and they, they have it all on there. It's really, really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, how are you feeling? This is good. I think, I think, I think we're towards the end. So, if you want to, um, if we want to wrap up, uh, if you have okay. any final thoughts, uh, fi- any final bat thoughts, oh man, uh, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Do, uh, do you have the first issue of Batman Damned? I do. Yeah. Is it the unedited version with Batman's like cock yeah. in it? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, yes. I, I, what was it? I guess it was, I think I was at work. Uh, 
surfing the web and I was reading, uh, I think, The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, they were the one that I learned from there that, um, or it might have been superherohype.com. Those were superherohype.com. I've been going there for years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I saw the reports that they were reissuing a Batman uh, graphic novel because of um, they have a naked Bruce Wayne in there. And uh, yeah, you see his flaccid girth. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I've always had a little interest in a little bit of an, an interest in collection and collecting. And uh, as you know, I'm currently into the Black Series uh, Star Wars figures. For sure. Right now. <laughs> but, but with, uh, yeah, Batman, I have a number of Batman action figures. But yeah, occasionally. Uh, there's a graphic novel like the death by the design one that just really is stand out unique in its own way. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll look for, um, or I'll make, I'll, yeah, I'll purchase that stuff. But, um, I, yeah, had to get my hands on one of those first editions of, uh, Batman damned that had, and I have it that has uh, the naked Bruce Wayne. In there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Those go for, I think they're like 500 bucks now, like the cheapest you can find one. So but now looking into it, it's such a, I think the reason those panels are in there is because uh, it, the way the story goes is Batman wakes up and he's sort of suffering from amnesia, short-term memory loss. Oh, wow. Um, because the opening of this graphic novel takes place right after uh, Joker. Uh, did you ever get a chance to read that one? No, I haven't. Yeah, but sort it's... of like a, like a, a lackey a guy like a lower on the uh, crime world hierarchy mm-hmm. uh, do, uh, spending a day with the Joker. And at the end of it, uh, the Joker ends up killing the guy, but, but it gets into it. Uh, this fight scene happens on a bridge in Gotham and um, gets into a fight with Batman. And that's how the Joker novel ends, but it opens up uh, with Batman waking up in an ambulance suffering from memory loss. And, uh, he sees on the news that the Joker has been killed and he doesn't know if he's the one that's done it or not. But um, when he wakes up, he, the only memory that he has is uh, having uh, been stabbed and it's seeming like a pretty fatal mortal wound. And, um, but he goes home and his body's totally uh, has no uh, injuries on it at all. And, um, and it's very much like a, because it, those panels happen very early on in the story of the of the of the comic series or of the book and so i really feel like it's uh, almost like a rebirth in a way with uh, a okay. naked Bruce Wayne walking around the bat cave and, yeah yeah <laughs> and the mansion uh but yeah it's uh, and and then by the end of it all you find out that he's been dead the whole time and it's it's a really really cool uh, series and really cool story arc uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to leave you with other than uh, Batman penis, I guess. No, I think, I think that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a good way of ending it. Um, we can talk about Batman going down on Catwoman and how the... Oh, yeah. Uh, Z- yeah, Zack Snyder says it's canon, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Is it just DC Comics or... Yeah, DC, DC Comic, or Yeah, DC Comics was like, yeah, superheroes don't do that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like... Oh, dude. Batman would know the every tantric sex maneuver like 
possible, right? He would know how to go down on a woman like nobody else. Like he would like there'd be a there'd be a month of his life where that was all he was studying, you know, like knowing Batman. Or rape me on the woman and she would be able to yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like it's crazy to think that like we live in such like a toxic male uh like society that like like the the people at dc comics can't admit that batman goes down on catwoman like it's so ridiculous so silly, so silly. yeah but i'm very happy that Zack snyder and uh, um yeah holding that candle very on what's yeah. that i would say he's holding the cunnilingus candle like yeah, it's, yeah. keeping it lit for sure but again, it's like, yeah, it's like the creators or gatekeepers, I guess, whether they're producers in the studios or, you know, comic book uh, publishers uh, wanting to stick with this, you know, family friendly vibe. And, um, and some, yeah, you know, for real true fans, we just want to see it all. We want to see the whole spectrum. Yeah. And if you're doing DC black label stuff, like, like, and you're going to show Batman's like Dick, like, you show Batman going down on Catwoman. It's not that hard, you know. <laughs> That's the I mean, it's very hard. That's why he's going down on Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> All those like fan-made videos you can find on Pornhub of, oh, the I, of those characters that should all be considered canon these days. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure. I don't. Even, yeah, definitely. I mean, if I can talk about experience, when I was in um, Amsterdam, I saw a sex show, and the guy was dressed up as batman wow yeah i i don't i get was she dressed up as catwoman i can't remember i remember he was dressed up as black as 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 batman yeah and knew they had some tourists in the audience that night yeah yeah <laughs> and it was it was the first uh black batman i've ever seen too which was really okay. cool yeah uh who else uh, uh will smith's son uh, oh yeah uh jaden um dresses yeah. up as batman but he has the white it's all white his outfit it's real that's really cool actually <laughs> yeah. yeah uh i thought it was cool too uh yeah. have you seen another he's like so wealthy and so rich that he can just dress up as batman in a completely white batman outfit and get away with it <laughs> for like christmas and stuff <laughs> i'm i'm anxious to see what they're gonna do with uh, michael b jordan uh superman on hbo max uh yeah well i so um is it uh what's his name to Tallahassee Coates, um, who's writing the new, um, he wrote uh, Black Panther, like a mm-hmm. comic. He didn't write the movie. He wrote a, a comic for Black Panther. And yeah, he's doing, he's writing the JJ produced Superman movie. I think it's for theaters though. I don't think it's for. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. That should be pretty cool though. But uh, yeah. And then I, we almost had again, and I think they're doing this in this new uh, Batman 89 uh, comic series which was a continuation of the Burton verse but uh, we also almost had a, um, a Marlon Wayans uh, Robin oh yeah that's right yeah and uh, yeah so they're uh, so yeah we almost had a black Robin but they're doing that in this uh, new comic series which is pretty cool yeah and I love the Wayans brothers so much they 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 were the first uh, WB network show so the WB network premiered with um it's Bugs and Daffy like debating who's going to pull the lever to start the network. And then Chuck Jones, Chuck Jones is drawing the uh, frog, you know, Michigan mm-hmm. J frog. And then Michigan J frog jumps out of the 
out of the painting, out of the drawing, and then he turns on the lever, and then it jumps to the Wayne's Brothers as the first show because it's the WB. So Wayne's Brothers WB, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. They also had Wayne. <laughs> I think he had Wayne Head, if I'm not mistaken, on the Kids WB as well, which was like, um, like the Wayne's one of the Wayne's brothers, but as a kid, and it was like an animated show. Hmm. They've been heavily integrated into the Warner Brothers family. I feel like to a degree, the Wayne's brothers, yeah, for sure. Definitely <clears throat> established. Yeah. yeah, and then Chris Rock was going to play Jimmy Olsen in the um, really. Superman lives, uh, Nick Cage, Superman. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did. Wow. Did not know about that casting. Yeah. That would have been cool. It's, it's amazing to think like that's how young Chris Rock was in the late nineties where he could have pulled off Jimmy Olsen. Like, that's wild to think about. Like, was he, I guess he was in his early twenties. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. I love that. I mean, man, that, um, the death of Superman lives, I think is a really fascinating documentary. If you've ever seen it, it's just all about the movie that almost was. And they have all the footage of uh, Nick Cage trying on the the outfit. I don't know if I've seen the documentary, but I've seen that footage. It's Um, really cool. I'm sure really good insight. Uh, I just they just know Tim Burton, I think, just kind of they were in the middle of development and pre-production. And uh, I think I think Burton just realized that it was it wasn't really serving him anymore. He didn't really have a passion for uh, for doing another comic book movie. Yeah. And (laughs) again, he's like walked away from the project. Yeah, and Tim Burton doesn't have a Superman aesthetic in him. Like, you know, he has a very, like, he can do Batman very well. He can do, like, you know, like Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, that he has a very distinct uh, Frank and Weenie look to all his stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that um, you could apply that to Superman. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you can. Like, I'm sure you can make a really weird, like, dark Superman. But I don't think that's what the studio ever wants. Mm-hmm. No, it's not all american yeah <laughs> yeah so i think uh i mean we we ran the spectrum I mean, we talked about everything from the birds of prey 2003 tv series to justice league mortal like the george miller failed movie to like bill murray that almost was bruce wayne like we we ran the gamut we even talked about the 50s serials for a little bit i think we covered a lot of batman yeah. Uh, very well um do you again so i mean i think those were your final thoughts right i guess so yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah probably talk more but uh i don't know maybe we can do it to uh part two to this episode for sure for sure and there's there's plenty of topics in the 18 wb first kind of glossed over christian bale uh bale's that's, dark night and there's just so much there too michael that's fair. alfred uh yeah we could talk all the alfreds they're all really fascinating i love the original guy from (laughs) batman 89 he was in all four of the original batman movies Uh, as alfred is that his last name i don't i don't know he's just like to me he's just alfred you know like the alfred of my childhood tim burton uh was always a fan of those older horror films like dracula bella lugosi's dracula okay uh lon cheney's fan of the opera and the mummy and uh the wolf which, which and, nick cage and, is going to play uh dracula for yeah, universal he, coming up yes, I just with saw nicholas that. holt yeah um, so sorry uh, tangent yeah so that actor michael go i believe his last name is but uh, okay. he was in the mummy 
and uh, oh. and so yeah, uh, it's it's cool that Burton got to use him. Uh, yeah, well. yeah, he's, he's definitely so good. Offered. I was I wasn't too thrilled about Michael Caine's casting, but uh, we all had to swallow uh, a hard pill uh, with Nolan jumping onto Batman because he just redefined the character. Yeah, with, uh, Liam Neeson's casting as Ra's al Ghul and uh, Heath Ledger's casting as the Joker. Yeah, uh, and, you know the Tumblr, the Batmobile Tumblr, just like a lot of new concepts to accept as an audience so. for sure i didn't love michael kane as alfred but i accept it and i'm fine with it I, i'm excited for andy circus to see what he can do with the role for sure yeah. who was alfred in oh it was uh in in for ben affleck it was um what's jeremy, his, irons. jeremy yeah. irons that's cool that's, that's i thought that was good casting too but uh, they didn't i don't know they didn't realize yeah, yeah. Well, we'll but see our, what Andy Circus does. I'm sure he'll be great. <laughs> yeah, Andy Circus is a phenomenal actor. He's yeah. very, yeah, very cool. Very cool. I'd love to see, yeah, what he'll do with the character. Yeah, and I think it's going to be the more modern take where, where Alfred is more um, tactical and like he was, he, you know, he was in the war and like. Yeah, the war torn Alfred. He has experience as a mercenary and yeah. maybe seals kind of guy which i don't know if they do on pennyworth the tv show but i remember i think that is moving from epics which it was on to hbo max if i'm not mistaken so it makes sense why would you why why are you spreading yourself thin dc like let's have a show on sci-fi network krypton and let's have a show on epics and let's have a show on fox with gotham it's like just put all your stuff on your own network what are you doing Yeah, man. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I should catch that. I, I'm sure it's interesting. I, I, yeah, I haven't seen it, but it looks really cool. And then, oh, they're also doing um, uh, Sandman for Netflix, which I'm sure Netflix just gave them a ton of money to do that. So, yeah, yeah I haven't even been keeping up with that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This has been the 18WB podcast. We have been talking about the multiverses character Batman, <laughs> the the character who will be in the in the smash brothers of the warner brothers universe uh the upcoming multiverses game so we're specifically talking about batman not batman well who's the character from the tick which i think is like one of the funniest names ever you know that that dc and warner brothers sued the tick because they had a character named it was something else but it was too similar to batman so they changed the name to batman well and then they got away with that instead when like (laughs) that name was so much more like batman just like his Hispanic Batman, Batman. Well, it's so good. Ben, I never watched the cartoon. I never caught the live action tick, but yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, a good one. yeah. That was from the first live action version, and it was uh, like Nestor, like the guy who's in Lost played him, Nestor Carboni or something like that. Oh. I'm not pronouncing his name. I don't remember his name at all. Um, yeah, so this has been a the ATNWB podcast with our Batman episode, and I and I was here with Benny Brazeno. So Benny, say bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Don't forget to um, rate and review. Leave leave a review for the show and rate it eight stars. How many stars should they rate it, Benny? Oof. <laughs> 12 uh, eight and three quarters eight and three quarters so get on get on the stars and do that and, and give us a lot of stars or something i don't know i don't that's what people say on the podcast so i just say it too 
I don't care really. I just want to do this because this is fun. Uh, so yeah, this has been the ATN WB podcast. I have been your host, Chris Booker Taylor. I've been with Benny, and that's all, folks. Roar! This has been a full dinosaur production. <laughs>